Are you developing IoT solutions? Get ready for tomorrow with Farnell, supporting your design journey from connecting smart sensors to the cloud to implementing AI. Find everything you need at Farnell.com. Enjoy this episode with Farnell, a global distributor of electronic products and solutions. Right, absolutely fantastic. Today we're doing a Beta Teach podcast takeover. Okay, I'm joined today by Leah Robson from Your Energy Your Way. Hi there. Sove Berryman, who's plum maid. Hi. And I've got Andy Cam here, cosy warm plumber. Hello, how are you doing? Great, Andy. My name's Rhiannon. I'm taking over from Nathan today. So um, thank you, Beta Talk, for this platform. So one of the things that we wanted to discuss, just going straight into um, sort of one of the points of this podcast, was uh, we've all recently been to the Women Installers Together conference in London, which is a group of women who come together in the heating and plumbing industry. And um, we, all four of us were lucky enough to go and we just wanted to have a chat about it, really. Andy? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really interesting for me to go down. I, I was invited to the one just before COVID um, and I couldn't make it and it, I was gutted that I didn't actually get down there. But it was great to see... Um, a lot of women who've all had very similar struggles in the plumbing and heating business. Um, and then when they come out and keep telling the stories, it seems to be um, over the last sort of five years that I've been involved with um, looking at women plumbers and stuff like that and seeing what they do online. Um, some of them, are, the, the work is exemplary. And I found that it was really, um, I don't know, humbling that the, the, the ladies were doing things like doing the training, but then they couldn't find anybody to take them on to show them the practical skills that they need to be sort of on the trade and on the tools. So a lot of them, for me, were doing things like setting their own business up, which was just mind-boggling that somebody could go training and then set a business up just so they can get the practical skills. So for me, it was a, I was like, wow, these are sort of brave people to be able to do that. Because when I was sort of six, between 16 and 21, I had a lot of mentors. So we did a lot of practical, and then we went to college and we did all the studying uh, that way. So for me, it was a, a natural born progression of you then taught someone else to do it. So coming and seeing it from a different angle, I, I, I was mind boggled by it. I thought it was fantastic how they, they actually be so brave to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there were, you know, a lot of stories like that. And it is a really brave thing to do. But for every person who's managed to set something up like that, you know, there's someone who has um, you know, sort of not not had that confidence and been able to do that. And, and you know, what happens to those people? So, babe, have you got any thoughts on the people who maybe fall away? <laughs> um, one of the things I'm really mindful of is that we're an industry of an awful lot of sole traders or really small, like micro businesses or medium businesses. And so being involved in that, there's a lot of work in running a business, right? And there's a lot of work in doing your plumbing and heating. So creating that space to say, right, we're gonna to commit to sharing skills, um, I think can seem like a big ask. So um, are there ways that we can share skills, perhaps by giving people sort of just a couple of days, come and try it out rather than saying, commit to take like I couldn't take on an apprentice I, I just don't have that capacity I would like to I don't know Andy if you're aware of some of the things that Leah's been trying to do sort of to um, create opportunities for women to come into the industry um, Leah do you want to 
share and tell everyone about the sort of thoughts and ideas that you've had because they're great yeah yeah I mean I really I really like what Sove's saying though about something a bit more a bit more short term a bit of a bit of a look and see opportunity but what we're trying to do is uh give a traineeship to hopefully four hopefully and mainly women who want to come into the industry and trying to pay them a little bit more than an apprenticeship wage and um, bring them on as a group because I think that makes it a lot easier for people to come in into the environment if they're not just coming in on their own. Um, I mean I'm interested Andy in just what some of the were there any surprises to you that came out of that day anything that sort of shocked you or was it kind of about what you expected to hear it was very much what i expected to hear because upon doing the radio show and talking to people as well in general and on social media um especially you know uh, women plumbers it sort of i'd heard all the sort of pitfalls and everything before i think that one of the big ones that stuck out for me was about getting work clothes to fit to fit properly i thought that was amazing how that was sort of the priority for a lot of the ladies were they can't fit into the clothes or they don't fit properly. And and I thought that, thing, you know, people like Scruffs and, you know, all the big clothing companies have got that organised and they always put down, we've got women's clothes. And I always think, oh, that's sorted. But then when you talk to people, it's a massive thing and, and they, they, they haven't actually got it sorted out. And, it's, and I found, you know, if you don't feel comfortable in your clothes, then what, what yeah. next? Yeah. Absolutely. I know there were a lot of things that were highlighted in the conference. I thought it was a really good day. Um, oh, while we were, while we're just talking about the conference, conferences, jump in a little bit. But what did we think of the speaker, um, Mandy Hickson? What did we think of her, Andy? Oh, inspiring. Absolutely. Oh, inspiring. For me, I've seen a lot of these motivational speakers and they all come with lots of different backgrounds and stuff like that. But I thought that the way she put it across was unbelievably professional which you'd expect from somebody in the RAF but to, to have you know um, come through all those adversaries and actually got to be able to fly a jet fighter which is what she'd wanted to do from being 14 15 years old and I mean I thought that the really funny thing was that she came out with obviously there were loads and loads of positives um, but there was one funny thing that told me because she's like six foot two and that they they, they chose the name for her which was Big Bird which I thought was was brilliant and it, it, it only really once you've heard it you're like yeah that's perfect you know <laughs> I thought she was absolutely fantastic to be honest. really really good yeah she was good ladies did um Leah and Sobe did you um like any messages that you could sort of take from her experiences that sort of struck home for you thinking about our industry and the male dominance in it well I think there were two things for me one was that um she obviously had a group of guys around her who were really super supportive. I really loved her story of when she was struggling to uh, to learn some different flight moves and was uh, she was almost in danger of being kicked out, wasn't she? Yeah. And um, these the rest of her her training group actually got out on bikes and took her around all these different moves that they had to that she had to do in the air the next the next day. And she made the point at the end that. It was actually really sacrificial for them because there was only a limited number of people from the group that would go through and get on to the next stage of the training. So effectively, they could have gone, well, I'm not helping her because, you know, I'm quite pleased she's not doing great because that gives me a better chance. They didn't. And they all they all kind of you know, worked together to help her. And that's definitely been my experience of the of the industry, that there are some. Well, let's not use a rude word on. 
podcast, <laughs> but there are some people who are definitely less than helpful, but equally, um, you know, like let's let's big up Nathan. Nathan's always been a really strong supporter, and there are definitely lots of other people in the industry, like the guys who've chose to come and work for me. Like they presumably get a bit of Mickey taking out of them for working for a woman. I don't know. I'm imagining that crosses their path every now and then on on Twitter. And but they've they've made a decision to come and work for a company run by run by a woman. Um, it's not what every guy would would do. They have to occasionally take orders from me, and you know I have to make decisions that they might not like, and they have to be happy with that. And yeah, that to me is a really really big thing because that's not what every guy in this industry would would be happy to do I'm really really encouraged by those kind of kind of things so yeah that was a that was a real thing I took away from what she was yeah teamwork I think was yeah that really strongly came through I was gonna say also her her perseverance um she didn't allow herself to be knocked back um like even the first second or third hurdle she just sort of kept going and trusted her vision about what she really wanted to do and I found that I found that really inspiring but at the same time she wasn't in denial about moments when she was feeling maybe lack of confidence and she was really upfront about acknowledging things like um, imposter syndrome and like sort of segueing back to um, some of the discussions in the conference. Um, Hattie, of course, um, Hattie Hassan of Stopcocks was uh, introducing and comparing the conference. And she spoke a bit herself around imposter syndrome. And I'm just, I'm interested in that it's often attributed to a very gendered experience. So women experience imposter syndrome. Whilst we've got um, Andy here, I just saw Andy, did any of that chime with you while, while you were hearing what they were saying about that? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of times where I've, I've felt, um, especially at the beginning when I first went self-employed was, you know, I mean, I remember going to people's properties, sitting outside and feeling too scared to actually go and quote for the job. So I drove off and just went away just because... I was too frightened in case they asked me questions I didn't know the answers to. And obviously, you've, you you probably look at me now and think, well, he's a really confident person. But back then, I was I was frightened to death, and it was like um, very difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've, you've, like you like you lot have done, like a lot of people do. You just have to soldier through and tell you, you actually have to tell yourself that you are good enough um, and that you can do it. You know, it's uh, I think that once you overcome that fear, then hopefully it won't come back again. <laughs> the world's seen, I was gonna say, have you seen a change, Andy, in the time that you've been in the industry? Do you think it's getting easier to to like share an experience like that as a bloke in the industry and to be a bit more honest about the struggles and the mental health kind of side of things? I think it, I think it's come on leaps and bounds, especially the mental health side of stuff. Um, we've been going on that for years now. I mean, I've probably been on social media for about ten years, and way back five years ago. I remember it, it becoming out, you know, it, it sort of what happens with mental health, it's really at the forefront, then it goes back, then it comes to the forefront, then it goes back. And it's sort of, you have to jump on it when you can and, and while you can to try and help people. Because at the end of the day, you know, the biggest killer is suicide, you know, between men between 25 and 45. And sort of something like 76% of people who do kill themselves are men. And you sort of, well, why is that? Obviously, we don't speak to each other enough. 
Um, so what, what we try to do is make it easier for people to just have a chat. I mean, it's not, I'm not, a, I don't know about mental health, but I can chat. So I ended up, um, I put my phone number down on, on a tweet, I think it was, and I have three guys ringing me up uh, periodically, not all the time, just periodically for a chat. And all we did, we were all plumbers, so we've got a common vein. And we just used to chat about plumbing. And they used to come on, we'd be chatting, and it was not, there was no doom and gloom or anything like that. It was just a chat. And then they would go and say, thanks, Andy. And, you know, five, ten minutes, maybe 20, whatever. And they'd just go. And I've still got them now. And they're my friends. So it's like from going, I don't know, I wasn't really trying to mentor anybody or anything like that. But coming from the background I've come from, yeah, I've had bad things happen to me, but... I've never felt depressed or that kind. I've never had those kind of feelings. So it's like alien for me to talk about it because I don't know what, what they're going through. But I can actually just chat to them like, like, we're, like we're having a chat now. And it's, it comes across really quite well. So, yeah, I think it's easier for people now um, to talk about mental health and just actually to talk to people in general. I think there's something really important about what you say there, Andy, that there's a lot of chat these days around allyship. Like if you don't experience the thing yourself, but you want to be supportive and empathetic. And um, yeah, I've just I've got a lot of respect, basically, for you saying like I don't experience these things, but I'm I'm happy to be here for those like I want to be here for those who do. I think, you know, we need we could do with a lot of that in society. Yeah, I think it's, it's like you said, it's it's very easy. A lot of people, and I do talk to a lot of people from mental health backgrounds who've gone to help, you know, the mentally help, the people who, because they've been there, they've seen it, they know the pitfalls, they know how to get out of it, they know what to do. Um, but I, I don't really know that, but I've talked to these people and to try and gleam, you know, the way that they feel sometimes, because it's not there all the time, it comes and goes, it flits in and out of the life. Sometimes it'll be great for years and then boom, they've got that black cloud and, it, and it's really sad to see and it's not i don't know is it an illness i don't it's like it just it's there isn't it and, and a lot of people have you know get it down here and a lot of people get it up here and it's 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 knowing how to deal with it isn't it i'm that a lot of people say look you can't make it go away but you can learn how to deal with it and, and i think that's what uh, that's what they, that's what they say anyway mm. yeah absolutely absolutely no i think um any kind of talking <clears throat> and you know, interaction and support networks and all these things. And that was a big part of what I felt the Women Installers Together conference was about. Is like, you know, creating that network of, of people, a lot of people in similar situations, um, you know, a lot of being able to swap details and just realise that you're part of this bigger picture and this network of people. I thought that was a really important part of it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, totally. I just okay. want to say a shout out about the trousers. They used to be um, this uh, Heroc are a company that make overalls, right? Work trousers. And they used to make these work trousers that had just big, like that the whole bum was like a bit of elasticated sort of fabric. Oh my goodness. I mean, my ass could fit in it and I could bend over and not show any famous cracks brilliant they stopped making them so a shout out to Herop. please make those stretchy bum trousers brilliant okay nice one thanks Herop. where are they based do you know Sophie um I think they're a UK company I tried contacting them but they didn't get back to me 
cry cry yeah sad times maybe we could um get them to come to the next women in scholars conference that would be good perfect brilliant um should we can we talk a little bit about um leah when we talked about the women um needing different things in in a in a home so sort of different heating stats and all that and actually get on to some more technical stuff do we can we have got a bit of time for that and i thought we'd stick with the women female theme really because leah talked about um women needing higher temperatures in the house basically and yeah i mean go on I was going to say, I, I thought that uh, podcast that Nathan did a few weeks ago um, about the heating controls was really interesting. And that did, it did mention the gender issue, but it was also a lot about people whose eyesight isn't so good and older people who might struggle to um, operate controls. And um, right. I find this really interesting thing when I go to people's houses. I, you know, I'm going on a sales visit, essentially, to sell a heat pump. And um, I invariably I talk to the man and I try and find out things about the house, about how warm they like it. And he won't check back with his wife or partner at that point. But at the end of the conversation, when they're kind of, you know, well, you know, we're going to go and think about a heat pump. He'll go, well, I'd really like one, but I just need to go and clear it with my missus. And um, it always makes me smile because I'm like, what? why am I not talking directly to the woman of the <laughs> woman of the house if I'm going to talk to you and then you're going to go and talk to talk to her um, and I think we do need to take into account particularly with heat pumps where it's all a bit more finely balanced about what temperatures people like to have their have their homes and so I'm always trying to get it out of both sides of the party if you like as to how hot they like the like the house to be because the last thing I want to do is install a heat pump and then find out that um you know the husband's more than happy with it but the wife thinks it's it's dreadful that would be pretty against what your energy your way of trying to trying to do really. yeah absolutely Andy have you like in your years of sort of being in the industry I mean what's the kind of engagement when you go around a house and there is both you know a female and a male person there the engagement there are questions yeah, I, I, I mean, I lost my dad when I was only seven, so I always found it really easy to talk to women rather than men. I don't know why, it's something that happened. And I found that when you are when you are going round to sell a job, like uh, Neil just been on about there, you know, you're actually talking to, sometimes the man wants to come round because he wants to feel as if he's the authority, let's say, I suppose, I don't know. But usually it's the ladies that do all the purchasing, and it is. And also the thing what I saw when I came down to the uh, meeting was, I didn't really understand this until it was said to me in, you know, real, this is exactly how it is, Andy. When I go to work, I'm always working for ladies because the men are usually out working or they're not there. And so when she explained to me, one of the people on my table said, it must be nicer for the customer to have a lady come into the house than a man. Because I never thought of it before because I've always done it. But being a man, you're going into someone's house and they're there on their own. And about sometimes how that can make them feel. And so, you know, be, it's an advantage then to be the lady plumber because you're going in and you're just you're the same. You know, it's, uh, I didn't understand that until I went down to that meeting. And that's really interesting because that has definitely been, you know, an issue. And it's one of the reasons I got into the industry in the first place. So that if people did want that choice, they could have it. Sove, what's your experience with that whole interaction yeah. engagement? I find my customers like nine times out of ten just say they really appreciate the things they really appreciate is tidiness, um, 
being polite, having a little chat, um, explaining things and um, getting back to people. Like I always get back to people. And um, my customers feedback to me that, that in their view, that's sort of about gender. It's because I'm a woman. Um, but my feeling is that it's also about just our expectations um, of people. So like often like I work with a bloke and um, he's absolutely lovely and knows loads and gave me loads of training. But um, I can see him sometimes just like not being great at explaining what we're doing. And I've got much more skill at kind of putting the customer at their ease a bit about don't worry this is what we're doing it's all sorted now and blah 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 you can leave that to us and and um I, I do think this goes back to somehow school schooling or whatever like girls are encouraged to socialize in that way and there's that kind of expectation I think years and years ago there was that doctor with a big moustache on television he did like seven up and those sorts of programs watching small children you know and um like Wait, you put girls who don't know each other like even at five in a room and they're all like blah, blah 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 and then you put boys who don't know each other in the room and they're just sort of sat twiddling their thumbs and it takes them a bit longer to kind of warm up so um maybe there's a lot we can learn from each other like to benefit our customers and the industry as a whole I mean, personally, I've found that if I'm going around to do a survey, then if it's me, the woman is the much more likely to be engaged and to actually listen and find out what's going on to the equipment that essentially she's going to be having in her house and is going to be supplying her electricity or her heating. Like, you know, oh, I think I'll stay or, you know, and, and sort of explaining, like you said, smaller things that she kind of thinks that maybe she should know and there's no reason that she should know these things you know um but not to be belittled for it and I think that that, that is a really I think is a good really good role for us in there well, one thing I just no, oh, no, sorry Lee. no no you, just, you go Simon. I was just gonna say um I found not just from female customers but from male customers as well they they really appreciate just a bit more chat and mm the way I explain it like um yeah uh, whether it's male or female customers they just seem to appreciate a bit more c communication you know just one thing I want to ask Andy quickly before he before he has to go is um this thing that we get a little bit in social media is like oh women don't like plumbing and heating because they're more suited to the caring professions you know they're more likely to be nurses and and doctors or nurses and teachers or, or whatever and um yeah I just I'd like to kind of record for the podcast Andy's face at that but um <laughs> it's, it's pulling a pulling a bemused and cross face but that really gets me because like plumbing is a really caring profession right if you're a good if you're a good plumber it is and you I mean again you've got to have you know like excuse me was just saying that you've got to have um, a lot of different hats on. So you might go to a, a little old lady's and, and you're, you're doing some plumbing at her house and you might be the only person that she's seen for a month. So you've got to learn that she wants to have a little chat. You know, you can chat about, it doesn't have to be about the job, it can be about all types of different things, where she's got. It's amazing how many people you'll find that 
you either know them or somebody that they know. And you can then relate to each other about, you know, different things, times, whatever's happened. And, you know, and, and like we were saying, it's not just all about plumbing. It's about caring as well. And, and I know a lot of nurses that are men. So it sort of it does go both ways. But I do know that I was, I mean, I've been a plumber 43 years. But way back then, I know that, that there wasn't a lot of ladies in the plumbing industry. In fact, I can't remember any. Now, moving on 40 years, um, times have changed massively. And so I've, um, and so has the job, to be honest with you. It used to be the boilers were so heavy. You know, they were really heavy. It took two blokes, you know, to lift them on a the wall. I know that two women could lift them on a the wall. That's not a problem. But it was always sort of, um, it was never a woman's job to be a plumber or a bricklayer or anything like that. Whereas now, times have changed. It's, it's all, everything's changed. And there are some fantastic people out there. So what I just did was a video while I was down at the uh, at the meeting a couple of weeks ago. We do a video and say, look, take a look at some of these people's work. Have a look at it on social media. There are some fantastic people out there. Look at their work. It's exemplary. It's better than I can do. And I've been doing it a long time. And so, again, you know, you're very technical. You're very good. You're also very good, like we were saying earlier, explaining things to customers and very good organising. So sometimes, you know, I'm not saying all men, but some men are like, oh, I can't get to that job today. I won't ring them up. I'll just let them know tomorrow or I just won't turn up. Whereas yeah. the ladies will then ring up and say, excuse me, I can't get today, but I can get tomorrow at two o'clock. I will rearrange. And, and that's much way, a much better way of doing it than just ignoring people. So what I was trying to say to people was, if you've got a chance to enable the woman to come and work with you, so some practical experience, then do it. You know, let's do it. Let's let's get off our arses. So maybe we should be looking at a new um, training, which is plumbing and social care or something like that. That might suit a lot of people. Yeah, it'd be good. But I think that we, there's a lot of places out there that do training. So training is not really a problem, getting the training and getting on the training. Um now, a lot of people, have uh, they change track, don't they? I mean, I did it when I was 16, and that's the way you, it seemed to go for years. You went to college for five years, and then you were a, a plumber. Whereas a lot of people now, they set off in one direction and realise that they want to go in a completely different direction when they're maybe 25, 30, 35, 40. So to get on the actual, say, the experience of training, not a problem. But again, like we were on about earlier about the payment, is when you're 16, you don't need a lot of money because you usually stay, you live at home. Whereas when you're 25, 35, 45, you've usually got a mortgage, kids, you know, and you need to earn some money pretty rapidly, don't you? So we need some more training schools, I think, that just train the practical side of plumbing. That's and it. I think, yeah, I think a lot of women come later to the industry. But I do. I mean, yeah. Leah, how old were you when you changed track? very rude question um I, I just have my children and I was looking for something different so yeah somewhere in my I don't know 30s okay because I was 40 when I did my okay so they later 43 yeah when I started training yeah I I did set up my business straight away but I was lucky to have someone who would train me whilst I was working for myself so I could do tiny jobs on my own like a couple of days a week and then go and work with him unpaid a couple of days a week so I could build up my skills personally I think working unpaid 
for a little bit while you build up your skills is totally reasonable. Yeah, I had a really similar experience as well. Sorry, Andy. No, I just, I think it's, I totally agree with you. And a lot of people ask me for my advice about getting a job, getting a placement. And, you know, when you've got, when you do a lot of social media, you get a lot of these questions. So you've also, I think that like you were saying, to do your own work for a couple of days a week, so you can do the little jobs that you can get paid for, and then maybe work with somebody else. Obviously, it'd be nice to get paid, because what I've always thought is, while I was at college, I was on next to nothing. And for three, five years, all my friends were, were working in shops or doing whatever they did. They were all on three times as much money as me. Then when it comes to fruition that you're actually a qualified plumber, you're not really getting that much more than what they're getting. So you're thinking, well, is that fair? And I don't, I, although I totally agree with doing work for free to get the experience, I totally disagree with it because why should we go through all that to not earn any money when we're doing it because everybody else gets paid to train yeah so why is it that we can't or why is it that we would think that we can't get paid because we need to get that experience and that's what <clears throat> upsets me sometimes is that right we take water into people's houses electricity we can blow people up we can gas them we can blow the house up but we can't charge more than a tiler who sticks tiles on a wall or a plaster that just puts cement do you know what i mean and that's I often think to myself, why are we in, why do we do the things that we do when we've got so much pressure on us to make sure that we do everything spot on, we're in gas safe, we're in everything, we've got all this kind of stuff to do and pay for, yet a plasterer, and I'm not getting it wrong, plasterer's great, some great tradesmen, but, you know, what are they going to do? It's not going to fall off the wall and kill somebody, is it? It's not going to flood the house, do you know what I mean? It's not... When you think about the responsibility that you've got as a plumber, okay, electricians can electrocute people and stuff like that, but it's massive, you know, the weight of that pressing down on you every single day of your life. And you don't, You're and you absolutely can't... right. And that's one of the things that Nathan talks about, you know, <coughs> the, the, the skill set that plumbers have to have, heating engineers, whatever, you know, the whole industry, the, 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 the skill set is just immense and undervalued and that has been for years and years and years yeah i do think there's something i was just going to say there's something in that about if you work for yourself you can choose some of your rates and yes. where you choose to place yourself in a market is like that that's quite a complex sort of thing to research and think about anyway um but that's where you can you can make a choice that you're not going to compete with those knockdown prices. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that if you, because I've seen a lot of people who, you know, they start dropping the prices. I talk to a lot of people who come up and say, you know, we were talking about um, at one of the exhibitions about how much we install combination boilers for. So it's a straight swap. And the difference between, let's say you work in London, or you work in Liverpool or Newcastle or Sheffield, and the difference in the price rates are phenomenally different. But again, what I've tried to say, say to people, this is how much I charge for a, a boiler change. And they're like, well, how are you going to get that work? Because where I live, it's only 200 quid per swap for, to swap a boiler. And I said, well, more fool you. I said, don't go for them jobs. Let somebody else carry on doing them. And you go. And I think that once you do get your brain in that, you know, your mindset switched, so that you don't have to compete in price, like you were just saying earlier. You're competing. Like I've always said, there are Premier League plumbers 
and there are Vauxhall Conference League plumbers, and there's everybody in between. So if you were going to go to a dentist, would you want to get yourself in Vauxhall Conference so that they knock all your teeth out, or would you want shiny white teeth that I can do for you in Premier League? And that's that's the difference, because a lot of people just think it's the same job, but it's not, as we all know. I, I now want to see the I want to see the Andy Cam dentist Twitter shiny white teeth. <laughs> Broken Brilliant. teeth. Broken teeth. Oh, fantastic. Okay, on that note, I think Andy, we might let you go and thank right, you. No, thank you for inviting me. I think we can. We just grab you saying that's why I love plumbing. Go on, Andy. And you know what? That's why I love plumbing. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Andy. Cheers, Andy. Hope it goes well. Thank you, Andy, for joining us today on the podcast. It's absolutely brilliant to have you with us. Um, have anyone, Leah or Sobe, anything to say about the sorts of things that Andy mentioned? I think what Andy brought out really nicely and like both in the areas of, of gender and mental health is this idea of allies and people who come alongside you and um, you know help help you get along in the in the industry. And I think all of us have had that experience, haven't we, of people who've gone out of their way to make it possible for us to get to where we are now. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. It Definitely. makes such a big difference to, well, it certainly made a huge difference to my life. So I, um, I mentioned Glenn, the plumber who actually said yes to taking me on after I'd phoned about 200 others. Um, and I, working with him was absolutely brilliant. And because I had worked with him, I, when I approached the guy that I'm working with now, he, that was one thing that impressed him. And he said, keep that going. So I only got with the company that I'm with now because I whinged about something on Twitter and then a guy called Alan Saunders from Nibi said that they supplied to somebody in my area and I went along and because um, that initial introduction had kind of been made, you know, the, the guy at the company was like, what do you want from me? Um, and I said, I just want to learn everything and then, and then figure it out from there, really. So, uh, so then, you know, having been there for over a year now they get asked a lot for people you know can I can I just do this can I just come back can I work for you do you need anyone but the fact that they took me on you know I'm incredibly grateful and I feel like I've definitely earned my place there and been as persistent as I can be but those you know big big factors in giving me the opportunities that I've had and I, and I am grateful to the men who've made those decisions how about you, sir? Yeah, I mean, I'll forever be grateful to Pete Jones, Plumbing and Heating, who um, really supported me all the way through. Kind, just gentle, patient, um, really generous with his knowledge, um, been amazingly supportive. And then through, like Nathan talks about a lot, like through the Twitter community, um, just met so many people who are supportive you guys <laughs> are so supportive and encouraging um Ken Bones like well he's he's really helped me out uh, with some technical stuff and been really encouraging um uh yeah Richard Lowe's heat policy rich he's like 
he's not an installer he's he's supportive and encouraging so and there's like a whole community of people like Barrett Heating, Mrs Barrett Heating, Clive O'Malley, like a whole load of people on Twitter here just like don't worry I'll answer that question for you or I think you should check this out or share a link or you know and that um yeah going back to that stuff that Andy picked up from the conference really picked up that teamwork and what you were saying as well Leah about the speaker talking about her her colleagues on that course turning their bicycles into little fighter planes so that she could learn some maneuvers to get her get her through so she could get her wings that really supportive um environment really helped me through Mm. I think Twitter has been really good for me generally I think everybody on Twitter, everyone who listens to this podcast regularly, um, you know, a real inner circle of support for, you know, newbies, newbies coming into the industry. It's been amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah. I need to add a good merchant as well. A good, someone good in the plumber's merchant who doesn't mind that you get the words wrong or can't remember if it's an isolation valve or a service valve or whatever. Um, Like that. And I've had a lot of support from plumbers merchants my local plumbers merchants plum stock plum base and doug field just really really helped me solve practical issues um and i repay that by sending my customers their way to buy to buy kit i think that's a really important relationship as well yeah, it's been that's been the same for me with uh, heat pump resellers, particularly. Um, when I first started doing this, and I knew so little, and I, I mean, my experience of the person who helped me into the industry was a bit of a mixed one. In that he was fantastic, and he gave me the space and kind of let me let me do stuff in his business, but he basically left me to it. <laughs> it was like totally in at the deep end, sink or swim, and. Um, you know, we installed a lot of heat pumps with me reading the instruction manuals and um, having Samuel from Freedom Heat Pumps on the other end of the phone, uh, probably rolling his eyes at yet another call from from me. But, you know, it was always unfailingly helpful. And I've you know, found that the same from from other heat pump manufacturers as well, you know, sort of not manufacturers, resellers as well. I think, um, you know, there are some good technical support people out there and um yeah, they, my experience, they've been really willing to, really willing to help. So, um, yeah, and, and Nathan as well, you know, he's really championed. He's let us steal his podcast for a week. He's really championed us all in our um, our careers. And so I suppose Absolutely. what we're trying to, yeah, what we're trying to say is that um, we don't want to just be moaning as women in this industry and saying it's really tough. It is tough. But um, we've also been really encouraged by the amount of support that that we've had. So, yeah, keep keep doing that. Do that for us. We really appreciate it and do it for other other women and other people from diverse backgrounds who are trying to get into this into this industry, because it really does make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. I'd absolutely um, second that. Definitely. And I've just realised I didn't actually say the company that I work for, who is Solar PV Tech in Umberley in North Devon, seen as everyone else has mentioned. I would feel very bad if I didn't do that. Um, Okay, so I think we're done recording for the day. I want to say another big thank you to Nathan for letting us take over the podcast. I hope everyone found this um, interesting and take care out there. Thank you.
Thank you. Cheers, Nathan. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Farnell, your global distributor of electronic components, products and solutions. Visit farnell.com.